Hello there, everyone. Have a seat on your monster couch and get ready for another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. I'm Corey, joined as always by Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing today, Justin? Did you just imply that all our viewers have fat asses? No. Hmm. Okay. Just wondering. The couch is a monster. Okay. But is it a monster because it's the only thing that will hold the the girth? No, I didn't say plant your cake on your monster couch. Okay. Some of you, though, if you got it, plant it. If you don't, you're welcome all the same. I've got, I'll say, a pretty small butt. Yeah, I got a small butt. Charlie, he's not on this episode, but he's got a a big old... That thing is swinging. (laughs) Justin did catcall Charlie on the way home from mm-hmm. the board game cafe so that at, Kel- at my wife's encouragement i'll just say yeah see it's been uh, in my memory for a while until the last time we talked about that it had somehow been turned into kelsey was the one that did it in the just without you being involved so. in any way so Possible. no it 100 was you okay but i think the fact that you had mentioned kelsey encouraged it had just turned into kelsey had done it to me yeah but as you can all tell, we are going to be talking about the New Jedi Order Trader tonight, because uh, that's the only Star Wars book that I haven't packed yet. But yeah, any any big Star Wars news that we want to get to before talking about Mr. Matt Stover's Trader? Any other news? Not really. There's been like some movie stuff, but it's all nonsense, right? Yeah, the stupid rumors that are stupid and then stupid non it's, it's the whole thing was stupid. So we're yeah. no one needs to know about it. No one should know about what happened. And I don't want to talk about what didn't happen. So no, other than that, I don't really think there's very much. It's been we're sort of in the it's still sort of in the dead zone here. So it's a it's a very good time to be revisiting the new Jedi Order. Other than that, yeah, not a whole lot. We're still waiting for the Bad Batch trailer that Jennifer mm-hmm. Corbett has been teasing relentlessly on Twitter yeah. for like the last two weeks. So it's coming. Yeah. She wouldn't be doing this if there was nothing coming. But again, you know what? I'm not that excited for the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I just feel like it's not going to give away very much. And season, like, I don't know. I just I'm I just want the season to get here. Yeah, they've already got me in the show. I don't need the trailer. Trailer's yeah. not really for me, but. I might make a clip on it so <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It'd be nice to have something to talk about, Christ's sake. There's always plenty to talk about, Justin. It's not Star Wars' responsibility to give YouTubers mountains of content to drivel out of our upload button. So I think it is. I got a family. Oh, here. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, everything should just be structured around YouTuber content. I've read the essential guide to warfare so many times. <laughs> Keep having to replace it. The spine can't handle this. I've gone through. Th- well, I'm on my third, but yeah. I I have a digital copy and I Me have too. the the physical copy. So I, depending on what I'm doing, I I go back and forth just so I can make sure that it's going to survive. It won't. You'll have to buy another one at some point. Should have bought like a box of ten. Yeah. Like what I packed. My bookshelf is just three Titanic parts right now. So the only stuff that I haven't packed is like there's some making of Star Wars books there. There's Trader because I knew it was the next thing we we're going to be doing. And then I have Essential Atlas and Essential Guide to Warfare. So that's that's me good on lore videos for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's the, the digital version's really nice. I, I wish they would have fixed the binding issue, but at this point it ain't happening. Not happening. We're lucky that they keep 
pressing that print button on them. So, mm. I mean, it's probably just the same box that they've had stored in the corner for a few years now. Yeah, that's but, like when we uh, when we get Girl Guide cookies, we, we buy an entire case, which is, I think it's 12. So we buy like 60 bucks worth of Girl Guide cookies and it lasts us for like a year. Actually, so, I don't eat them. It lasts my wife a year. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I ordered my vanilla Coke and I put them away thinking it was going to last me a year, if I spaced it out, it didn't. Yeah. So, never does. You're a Coke, uh, you're a Coke goblin. Yeah, I do be gobbling that Coke. <laughs> but with just a, a nice little adventure on Coruscant for Jason today. Mm. Uh, I guess there's nothing else to talk about, so we can just talk about, about Trader. Yeah, Matthew Stover... How many books did he write for Star Wars Legends? Like four? Uh, there's Mindor, there's Traitor, there's Revenge of the Sith, if you want to count that as Legends. Yeah, yeah. And there is Shatterpoint. Okay. It's just the four. Okay, so four books. All of them are pretty good. At least, at least I'd say very good. He's one of the better Star Wars writers. Not just in terms of, like story but i actually think he's he's a better writer than than most like in terms of yeah like emotionality just everything like like this is the first book where i think the yuzhan vong truly feel like as repulsive as they should yeah but i mean so much of that is just a, a function of what stover needed them to be for the story or like what perspective mm-hmm they needed to have for the story. I think earlier on in the series, there was a lot more of that and you get a bit less the first of it. Two novels, the yeah. Yeah. The but, first two novels when they're kind of encountering all the technology for the first time. But I just thought this book did a really good job. So first of all, there's, there's something fairly unique about this novel when compared to, uh, at least as far as I'm aware, every other NJO book. And that is that it follows a single perspective for 99% of the book. You're following Jason and that's pretty much it. It's Jason's journey. Like occasionally you'll have a chapter cut away to a character who's about to interact with Jason or who is interacting with Jason. But I was very happy. It's actually really rare in Star Wars in general that you're not hopping every chapter between usually three different um, sub stories, subplots. Yeah, it's a lot of Stover's books are just character studies for different characters mm-hmm. where you've got. Like, this is kind of the Jason book and Vergier, I guess, to a certain extent. This is, like, the... There's also, like, Revenge of the Sith becomes very much Obi-Wan and Anakin character study. Mm. Shatterpoint is kind of the Mace Windu book. And, like, I was reading through some some interviews that Stover had done talking about the books. And, like, Mindor was intentionally kind of getting back to just the trio on an adventure, which by the time it was written was something that they weren't doing as much anymore Mm -hmm. because his whole thing with writing the books he agrees to do is that he doesn't want to do them if he doesn't feel like he's bringing something to the characters. And Mm -hmm. that had stopped him from wanting to do a book about Han, Luke and Leia for a while until he realized like, Oh, well sometimes you don't have more freedom with shadows of Mindor as well. Like it's, it's quasi canonical really. Yeah, it's more of a like Clone Wars style, almost like the yeah. documentary or fake newscast. You can interpret it through that lens, but yeah, I'm excited yeah. to get to that one because we've done every other Stover book now. Yeah, I, I forgot we had done Shatterpoint. We did that, I think, when it got the re-release. One thing that, like you, you mentioned the character study. You're right. You definitely like 
and not surprising, but there's a, a big com- comparison to be made here between how Anakin is portrayed in the Revenge of the Sith novel uh, and how Jason is portrayed in this novel, especially when he's dealing with his his dark side urges. Anakin's, you know, they talk about how he's got the he's got the dragon inside his heart that always wants to come out. There are various different. A lot of what Jason deals with in this book is kind of handled in that way, like metaphors or him, you know, personifying some feeling inside of him. So definitely notice some comparisons there. Yeah, like the you get a little bit of that with both Jason and Jaina because they each get a standalone book after after Star by Star, which I think is a good way if you want to set them up as kind of the the mm-hmm. next main characters for Star Wars and give people a taste of Star Wars without Han, Luke, and Leia and instead focusing on Jason and Jaina. And but I, I do think that Traitor stands out to a lot of people a lot of people a lot better than Dark Journey ends up. It's just a, a it's a, such a better it. written book, I think, than mm-hmm. now whether you agree with the philosophy, like I think that's that's totally up in the air and that's kind of one of the strengths of the novel, as we'll talk about as well. But yeah, for me, just like the quality of writing in this one, the only the only thing I took took issue with was some of the dialogue I thought was a bit weak. Ganner's dialogue was kind of just like he 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 spends the whole novel being like a skittish teenager, which I guess yeah. is is kind of what he is. I mean, he's not a teenager, but that's kind of what he is. But some of the some of the dialogue for him wasn't great. But overall, yeah, just a really well written book. Now it's been a while since we've been with the character of Jason. Do you want to kind of set the the story for the where he is right now? Right. So a couple books ago, which is like eight months ago now, we covered Star by Star, which involved a mission by all of your favorite characters from Young Jedi Knights and Junior Jedi Knights going to the planet Mercure on a zany adventure to destroy the Vox and Queen, which was a kind of a Jedi hunting beast that the Vong had made and were proliferating throughout the galaxy. And we're pretty successfully hunting down a bunch of Jedi. So all the kids went, half of them got killed off. Jason and Jaina, their brother Anakin was killed. Jason was taken captive by the Yuzon Vong through the help of Vergeer. And so he's been missing for a while. Everyone thinks he's dead except for Leia, who is convinced he's still alive. Sent Jaina into a dark spiral that she's still kind of dealing with. And surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, Jason. He's not not dead. dead. He's just in no. Yuzontar. Yeah. And Yuzontar. So we see the fall of Coruscant in Star by Star. And we visited it since where it's, you know, it's very different. But in this book, it gets fully transformed. And I, I saw you tweet something about this. It is a shame that the later novels totally drop that. I can't, or not totally drop it, but it like the impact read... is so minimal. It gets yes. a bit of lip service at the start of Dark Nest, but then yes. it's just like Coruscant is it's like, oh, they're, they're... Back exactly. I can't remember those. if they move the planet. So, for one, the planet is li- like it literally shifts orbital positions. They move yeah. it closer because what the Yuzhan Vong are trying to do is recreate their homeworld. So, they've got like the seed ship, which has some of the genetic samples from their galaxy left, which is all pretty much dead. So, this is an incredibly precious vessel to them. They they move Coruscant closer to the sun to make it the, or the the Coruscant star to make it warmer. They destroy one of Coruscant's moons, giving it a planetary ring. But more dramatically, the once the life takes hold on the planet, it becomes almost unrecognizable. 
like at one point Jason is staring out, looking at it before he realizes where he is. He's like looking out at the cityscape, which is now covered by jungles, and he doesn't even realize he's on Coruscant. Which I I think it's interesting because the whole novel, this is a very, very dark novel. And it's like the continual destruction of all these things that like we the reader have held dear, that the kids also hold dear, like Anakin, the relationships they all had as young Jedi Knights. Now like Coruscant, which has been a staple even before the prequels in Star Wars Legends, a staple, you know, it's it's where many of the books start off. It's where the solo residence is. It's kind of like usually like a home base. And now it's been completely desecrated pretty much. Yeah. And I'm going to throw out something mind boggling or mind bending here. And it's that it's almost like Coruscant is used as a visual representation. It's reshaping for the reshaping of Jason Solo. And that's just mm. uh, very deep stuff going on in Trader. Very deep. Very deep. Yeah, so so that's interesting. And yeah, this this book is really dark. So it starts off... The thing that everyone knows Traitor for, I think, is Jason's torture. And I yeah. actually was kind of surprised how, how early it was over, because I hadn't read the book in a while. <laughs> this kid um, barely went through anything. It's like he's he's out of it really quickly. Like He's I'd out say, of it quickly in book terms. In book terms, yes. In, uh, like I remember it being like half the book or more. Yeah, But he's out of it in like a fifth, I'd say the first one fifth of the 20% of the book he's, he's out and he moves on to like a different kind of torture. And that's kind of like, he goes through, angst. yeah, he goes through several ordeals, but the actual torture itself at the, uh, the hands of the, uh, embrace of pain is actually pretty short. Yeah. So the embrace of pain is basically a use on Vong contraption that is used to just torture people and it's kind of a religious experience for some of them especially some of the warriors we've seen several of a house house in situation. the past yeah yeah and so vergier has convinced nominor that if they can break jason in this way or if they can expose him to that that he's learning the true way or like i don't think nominor is really convinced that this is going to happen but he's on board to he's kind of down for anything he doesn't believe in their religion but he thinks this might be fun and yeah. save on law is probably on board with it but but yeah so they do a lot of torturing and for sheer she's a very strange character like even once you finish the book so Virgir is clearly like ostensibly she's trying to do something she's trying to transform jason into a tool for the yuzhan vong however in truth she's trying to transform him for some different purpose which she sees great potential in him obviously mm-hmm. so it, it's it becomes one of the more controversial things in legends because this book becomes the kickoff point for what eventually turns into Darth Kytus, Jason as a Sith Lord. Mm. And so Vergier eventually gets retconned into having said she's a Sith, which is not what Matt Stover intended. No, she's clearly not here. a Sith when you read when you read this novel. Like, yeah. She's clearly like because what what thing you got to remember as well is that she has been under Vong control for several decades now, yeah. Uh, and she was a Jedi. She gets captured by the Yuzhan Vong, so I think it's fair to say that she's been transformed into something a little bit strange as well. Yeah. Like she's a pragmatist in a way, but she's also a philosopher. Like her big, uh, you know, the big thing she espouses to Jason is kind of 
I guess it's like the early bits of the unifying force where there's a lot the of potentium f- in there. That's right. Where it's, it, it's a little different than I remembered it, I guess where the force itself is neutral. It's just an energy source. Like the, the, the force that you use force lightning for is the same force that you use for, to heal somebody. It's just, it all comes down to what's in the heart of the user and what um, your key bindings are in Kotor. What your key bindings are in Kotor, exactly. And if you use a bed, a bed, a bed spell, you take more. You lose more FP if you're not. Your eyes get yellower, and that means you're evil. Which you know, if I think about you know Yoda's teachings to Luke on Dagobah, when he's talking about the Force, you know he doesn't say the dark side is anything different. What he warns Luke about is really using the force in the wrong way i think because mm-hmm. he he does say like you will know like like when you're using the dark side but like like he also emphasizes that it's like it's really when you're acting based on anger or fear so you know that's sort of in line with what Vergier is arguing but you can also see how like Vergier's points can end up leading to some pretty messed up stuff yeah so the way Stover talks about it in interviews is so his intention with Vergier is this idea that she is more akin, like the intention with her in this book is that she is the traditional Jedi. Like this is what the old order would have been like. And Luke is what's different. Mm-hmm. Luke is the the less clearly a Jedi where like Luke had been trained by Yoda and Obi-Wan for the purpose of taking down the empire. And what that required was very different from what the old Jedi order was. And that's what Luke brought forward with it. We should keep in mind this is being written in 2002 or probably 2001. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously a little bit wrong in his interpretation of that, but he also, he very much doesn't think the dark side is a thing. And he doesn't like the idea of the force as like its own entity that has a will. And I, I sympathize with that a lot. I, I don't like the whole ontological good and evil, whether you are on or off the dark side. Yeah. Like the whole, like the fact that Anakin decided to throw Palpatine rather than Luke down a fucking hole doesn't mean that Anakin is now a good person and everything that he'd done before doesn't count. It doesn't mean that the good side of Darth Vader. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the good side of the force was flowing through him either necessarily. Yeah, like it, it that as Jason realizes in this book, which I think is the one of the better parts of how he portrays this is that like, yeah, the dark, like the dark things he's doing aren't because of some separate entity from himself that he needs to be afraid of. It's a yes. thing that he himself is choosing to give in. To. Yeah, I like that part as well. And yeah, like it's not it's not a separate like, bro, you're at the Jedi Temple. What are you talking about? Dark side powers <laughs> here. It's just you. <laughs> you're the one who stinks. But there's so much of what Jason and Vergier end up doing in this where like Jason 100% just gives into what like however you want to portray the dark side. Jason Jason does that thing. And he was also perfectly willing to keep doing that thing for a good chunk of the book. So I mean, even Ganner Rizzotti at the end. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that he doesn't believe, you know. In the force, having a will of its own. When Gana Rizzotti, or Rizod, I say Rizzotti, he very clearly, like, he's he's almost possessed by something beyond himself. He becomes, like, I don't know how you can call Ganner's last stand anything, but him being a tool of the force. He kills, like, a thousand, well, hundreds of Yuzhan Vong. 
He's performing incredible feats where he's like fighting with his lightsaber and and then also holding up these statues to deflect things and crushing people with pillars. You know, it's not well, the only time we'll see something like this. I think but part it, of that comes from the fact that anything Ganner does, you have to describe him as a tool. So if he's using the force, he is a tool of the force. That's true. But like one, but during that sequence, he talks about how he had to be enjoying it as well. Like, like he, he had to be more than just a participant. He had to be, you know, joyous, a joyous yeah. dancer or whatever he says. So a bit, I, I didn't know how to think about that necessarily. Well, I, it, the, it comes down to one of the problems that I have with the philosophy, if it's going to be applied like writ large, that's getting represented here. It's like with the whole gardener thing. It's mm. that it, and you end up with a system where it's about like finding out who you are and acting within that. But as long as you fit within a certain group of people who are allowed to do that, or as long as you're important enough to be able to do that, because like these mm. important lessons that Jason's being taught by Vergier, this power that he's being given is basically Vergier thinks it's both true and right that Jason be put in a position where he makes these choices and everyone else should have to live with that. Yeah. And, and that's why, like, I think like Vergier is like a pragmatist, but not necessarily correct. Like the whole idea of the gardener is a little disturbing because it, they talk about how there's weeds and flowers, flowers to be cultivated, weeds to be pulled. And like, that's not a very Jedi way to see the universe even like to actively see all the Yuzhan Vong as weeds, which must be destroyed. It's not a great way to see the universe. And if you think about how Jason's character develops, like that sort of thinking is in line with how he does end up falling to the dark side. And like, that's why I don't like the part of the reason why I don't like the retcon of Vergier being a Sith. Like, I think it's much more interesting that like she's like maybe a corrupted Jedi, but like having her be a Sith adherent specifically yeah. just, doesn't feel right. I think you can, I don't know how explicit you have to take any of the Vergier was a Sith statements. Like, I think there's enough maneuverability with all of them that you can get around. I think it's like the, the isn't it Lumaya who tells Guide to the Force? Yeah, Lumaya. So in Legacy of the Force, Lumaya is the one that says Vergier was a Sith. Then you have like mm -hmm. the scene with her and Crate, and you have like oh, some yeah, mentions in one. source books. I think it's like the guide to the force or Jedi and Sith, whatever, where there's like one of the notes saying Rajir was a Sith. But like, I think there's enough, I think like having people make that assumption about her because of what she's saying in universe. Yeah. I think you can have that make sense without saying that she was yeah. a Sith. Like there, there is the, the whole thing where like she was learning from Palpatine or whatever before, but it depends on when she got these ideas about the force. Cause mm -hmm. like the, the stand she takes on the dark side, like the whole, Oh, so as long as you kill people with your lightsaber instead of the big lightning thing, then you're okay. That she kind of yeah. like, that's the, the essence of what she's telling to Jason. And that's the kind of stuff that like outside of Jedi power battles, a lot of the Jedi aren't going to be cool with. So if she was on that track beforehand, and if both her and Jason see the Force as this thing where they can learn all aspects from it, and that's not what determines dark versus light, then like mm -hmm. I don't think they would ever label themselves Sith in the way that Jason ends up doing, mm -hmm. or that Lumaya puts the label on Vergier, but... I think it's something that you can still get through and say she was willing to learn about those things, but didn't apply that label to herself. It is certainly Sith like thinking. Like, 
I don't know whether that was the intention when writing the novel or not, because it's just, you know, like the Sith, many Sith, even Jason, who's falling, they don't see themselves necessarily as evil. You know, like Jason sees himself as a caretaker, like he's got the best interest for the galaxy at heart. He's got to make the tough decisions to make sure that his daughter survives and is in a peaceful galaxy, you know, be an authoritarian for 20 minutes and kill the bad guys and you know that's not that much different than what he's learning here um yeah he's entirely willing to use ganner as a tool when he needs to without giving him that information to make the choices himself mm-hmm. and like vergier is not giving jason actual information she's putting him in these situations where he has to choose to either trust her or not where he has to make these decisions about who he is and what's what he's going to do but like neither of like she's a lot more willing to give Jason that agency than Jason is willing to give Ganner mm. as well. Like, so they're, they're not entirely the same, but yeah, Jason never really gives Ganner a true choice. Ganner chooses to try to kill himself and Jason doesn't let him like, yeah, when, he, like when he falls, he wants to kill himself and Jason's like, Nope, too late. The warnings he does give Ganner where he's trying to like scare him away. Then he tries to like force him out the door like that's not that's still not giving him a choice of any kind which you can mm-hmm. it's more excusable at that point because it's like I, I have limited options and like i i can't do too much more but he's mm-hmm. always limiting the information that he's giving him and if you know anything about like the the few things that Jason does know about Ganner should tell him that these aren't things you do if you want to discourage Ganner. Mm-hmm. So zero points to Jason on that. I did quite like, I thought I felt a lot of dread for Ganner in that moment. Like when he's walking towards the, the well of the world brain, I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. So what do you think was going on with Jason in the force in this book? Like his inability to access it or yeah, just everything and how we, can sort of because a lot of it like he, he like so there's various lessons the first lesson is kind of just generally in the embrace of pain he learns about you know managing pain not just physical pain but yes physical pain but also psychological as well especially because the death of his brother then later so he, he goes from there to this what do they what do they call the slave area again they got a name uh, for it the crash of some kind. Yeah. Anyway, in there. Yeah. So what, what do you kind of think is going on with Jason and the force in this book? I mean, Vergier is always manipulating people's ability to see the four or to see herself in the force. And it can apparently just take away his ability to interact with it, except for the dark elements of it. Did she like, actually though? Cause like, she never there's not like a, a an instance where he actually explicitly gets it back. He just kind of realizes, hey, I still have the force. Yeah, like there's there's some kind of block that she put on him, which like she she interfered with him in some way, like with some traditional means through which he was able to use the force. And then the first times he's able to use it again are through like pain and anger and rage and whatever that allows mm-hmm. him to bypass that or access it in it through a different avenue, yeah. which I think is part of showing him that it's all part of the same thing and that like the dark elements are just himself. But it's, I don't know what like the, the physical mechanism for that really was, 
And I don't know if it's like a fear response he had where he shut himself down. That's what I was kind of wondering whether it was meant to be Vergier or whether it's something going on with him. Like it it could be an extension of how he shut down to not let Jaina sense Mm -hmm. him, but like he's, he's not doing well. Like this isn't something you do to someone if you want them to not develop PTSD. He is a really tough go when, when Ganner finds me and he's, he's he's in a bad way. He also kind of gains a version of a Vong sense. I largely due to it seems the implant. Kind of the it's kind of the weird because it's, it's almost the opposite way he gains this Vong sense where it's the anger he gains, he gets access to the force again. It, it's it's like talks a lot about empathy. Yeah, he's able to interact with Yuzhan Vong, and at the end, when he connects with the World Brain, the the Duryam, again, it's like it's an empathetic connection, which is very Jason. If if you've read the uh, Young Jedi Knights, you know he's always interacting with living beings like that. He does like making friends, mm-hmm. but the like part of it ties into what we're going to see with Destiny's Way, where Vergier talks to Luke a lot about like why they can't sense the Vong in the Force. But every author seems to have a different take on why that is and what it means. So it's hard to look at any real through lines through that. Yeah. Because with with all with a lot of them at least, the what it boils down to is the idea that like it's not the force that's wrong, it's not the use on Vong that's wrong. Because like Luke has the moments where he thinks of like, oh, should we just kill all of them because mm-hmm. they don't fit my view of the force? And Virgie's like, oh no, maybe don't do that. That's that's not very cash money. But the it, so it, it felt to me as if Vergier is doing some of this to kind of widen Jason's perceptor perspective to be able to like take those first steps into actually ending the war with the Vong. Because like my my preferred way to look at all of it is that if Obi Wan and Yoda were preparing Luke to take down the Empire and that colored his training and how he ended up coming out of it. Then mm-hmm. Vergier's methods for training Jason and Vergier's goal with training Jason, having spent the last 70 years with the Yuzon Vong or whatever, mm-hmm. was hoping like doing things the way that she could with the Yuzon Vong, watching them all the time, but also trying to do things in a way that would show Jason how the Yuzon Vong think, what the Yuzon Vong believe and the flaws within how they think to allow him to kind of end the war without it just becoming a genocide. And I don't know if that's actually the intent. I don't think it is, but I think so much of what they're doing ends up making sense through that lens while still allowing some way for it to be like this just fucked up Jason beyond compare or beyond reason and Mm -hmm. having that kind of explain how he spirals later on. But I know some people won't. Yeah. A, a lot of the you're I think it's lots of good points. The the way the force is in this novel, it's or the Yuzhan Vong, they describe it as they compare it to like light, where humans can see like one visible spectrum of light, or the vis the visible spectrum of light, but there's a whole there's whole other the rest of the spectrum we can't see. Maybe the force is kind of like that. Now this is just the hypothesis of Jason. The Yuzhan Vong are from another galaxy. Things are different over there. Yeah, we'll learn more about that kind of next book as well. I think next book is the Alpha Red one, right? Yeah, it's the election one. So right. So I think the Alpha. I think that's the Alpha Red one. Because after that is when like 
they're like Luke and Jason are gone, right? There's not many books left. No, I think Brazier dies next book. Spoiler. No. No. I don't, know. I don't think she's. Hold on. I always forget. There's like one or two that I just miss out on. In whenever I'm thinking of it, because I don't think Eback Nine is in Destiny's Way. Mm-hmm. But maybe it is. Because uh, yeah, if they if they leave afterwards, then it must be. I liked uh, Vergier was funny in this book. She's like a, a weird Yoda is, in a is. way. Yeah, you were she's right. always like hopping around and like smiling and just being total a total freak. Yeah, it, it is that just like an extension of that being what we know about about the older Jedi at this point. That like, oh, that must be the I get the whole Phantom Menace is out by then, but I don't no, know. I don't think so. I think she's meant to just be. I, I just think they're going. He was going for the same weird mentor aspect yeah. that she has. I like how Stover had to uh, come up with an explanation for the tears nonsense. You <laughs> can just be whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, I don't. The so yeah, like the any female Fosh's tears can do some of this stuff, but it's just the the force sensitive yeah. ones. That's what you need to. She can like she, she she like majored in organic chemistry at the Jedi Temple, right. so she's like I I can I can cry jizz if I want to. I mean, some but, of the some of the scenes with Jason, it seems like she does want to cry jizz, and I'm very Jason gets his pubes pulled out. Can we talk about that explicitly? We can, I guess. I just he's naked in the embrace of pain, and he he says that he is hairless, and they say from his. They like his hair, his his head, his eyebrows, his pubis. Like, y'all really need to say that. The weird thing is that wasn't the Yuzon Vong. That was just what Virgier was doing. <laughs> For real though, this book is very like a good way to describe this book is perverted, not like sexually perverted, but like and really the there's element like I think the best elements of the New Jedi Order are this way. We're like we're taking the things that we know and that we expect and just turning them on their head. Coruscant, Jason. There's like even that that scene where the 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 girl is in the 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 cavern, like the the, the cave monster. Yeah. It's like a giant throat. It's very even the return of Anakin in a way, like whatever was really going on there. It's just all very kind of gross in a way, but not in a bad way. Like not not it's not really ever over the top or out of line with being in Star Wars. It's just. If it feels very dark, but not in like a cheap way the Vong sometimes do, where it's like, oh, he cut his eyebrows off because he was so epic and so sick. <laughs> I part of the Anakin stuff I couldn't take seriously because it just reminded me of like the Steam scam, like the the mm. meme of like, hey, me your brother, like yeah. written without any capital letters. <laughs> it's like it, yeah. it's just Virgin fucking with Jason by not capitalizing things to make him think he's this sixteen year old. <laughs> Just saying skibbity toilet over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's you don't really ever know what's going on with Anakin, whether he was a force ghost, whether it was Regier. I think that's kind of interesting. Kind of like in episode nine with with uh, Kylo and, and Han. And it's like it doesn't at the end, it doesn't really matter how real it is, because if it's the force, it's the force. If it's your internal monologue, hey, it's what you actually think anyway. But if it's Verdier, then it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, I, I I, think it does, the answer to it does matter because, like, yes, there's the whole thing of, like, 
what matters here is Jason's experience. So in the end, the experience is the experience. And that just is what it is. But if you look outside that box a little, then it does like if if it's just Vergier doing all these things to be as manipulative as possible, mm-hmm. where like ending the conversation saying like, oh, this must be what you think, because if I'm just you and I'm not Anakin, then you're saying it anyway. It's like, well, if you're not just you, if yep. you're the fucking bird that's tortured me for a month, then that's not OK. Alien bird Skywalker. Alien bird Skywalker, the biggest character of the NJO. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the the best way that some of the philosophy gets across is with the like the example in that conversation, like right after Jason has escaped from this monster that's digesting all these things, and there's like a colony of people that are living inside, or not a colony, but a group of survivors that have taken up residence inside because they can eat in there. There's stuff they can survive off of. They just have to make a sacrifice to the monster. So it stays fed. Mm-hmm. And so they've like tossed this girl in. She was the last one in. So she gets to be the first one eaten and Jason rescues her. They're not very happy about that. And this is when Jason, like he's just had a meeting with Vergier and Naminor realizing that he's been kind of played or mm-hmm. from his perspective with what he saw, thinking he'd been played yep. goes like super dark Force lightnings tries to choke Vergier with the force and with his fists little bird neck i get here yeah yeah and so when he's talking to anakin he says like i as good as killed them because like i didn't go super dark and kill them because the prior scene had like cut fade to dark but Mm -hmm. he says the fact that he made that monster expel them and never want to eat a human again means that they have to survive outside of it and now by saving her he'd killed everyone else Mm -hmm. and like I think highlighting the choices in that way of saying like they're not operating on perfect information so or perfect options like there's not always the option to save everyone mm-hmm. so sometimes killing one person can mean saving others and then you get the whole like waving a lightsaber versus just choking someone out with the force is that really that much better yeah. like, I think that's where those arguments are at their strongest but yeah. it does end up being a little contrived a lot of the time yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I mean, we, in this, and again, we see kind of the same thing with Jaina, too, where she has her own, own little quasi-fall. It's different, but similar. So, them solo kids. Yeah, they just get, get to do whatever they want. Get it together. Maybe, maybe the Jedi shouldn't just be allowed to make whatever decisions they want and do whatever they want with all these people. Maybe they shouldn't. They need to get their Jedi license and do uh, ongoing professional development and et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes gardeners are just dicks. That's really the the moral of the story. They they like Pelion makes this exact choice yeah. earlier, and I think that's part of. I don't know if Stover had read that part by now. I don't know if that had happened. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if it's earlier on, but I think it's in Force Heretic Remnant or Heretic when Leia is going to see them. Yeah. I don't think it's from earlier. Yeah, we haven't had that much Empire yet. Well, there's a couple scenes with them earlier, but I just don't remember if Leia had visited Bastion yet, because that's when that happens. And like part of what just associates that imagery being used so strongly with like, okay, this is kind of fucked up, is that like you hear Pelion saying the exact same way or same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like he's a white nationalist. Yeah. So 
Hey, he's from a different era. <laughs> it's okay if ra- if Grandpa's racist. Yeah. Let him watch his westerns. Fuck off. <laughs> Don't say western around him. He just goes off on a... He still calls him Twin Tails, like, instead of Twi'leks. We're never <laughs> going to change that. He likes them. It's just... He doesn't know the proper terminology. <laughs> he keeps calling Admiral Crefay fuzzy. <laughs> Hey, Fuzz, you know, back in my day, you weren't allowed on a bridge, but I'm glad you're on one now. <laughs> drill, drill, baby, drill. Exactly. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Trader? I feel like there's, it's it's kind of a hard book to talk about because I think we've distilled the main kind of arguments. I'll, like, what else happens? Well, what else do you want to talk about for Trader? I mean, the the biggest thing with Trader to talk about is really the implications of whether and how it gets used or misused Mm. by Troy Denning later on. And those are certainly discussions that we will like, it's such an important book for how it can be used to justify some of those things accurately or inaccurately, because Mm. clearly that's what happens. Like, I don't think Darth Kytus happens necessarily without traitor happening the way it does. Mm. I don't think that reflects necessarily an accurate retelling or an accurate interpretation of what Trader was trying to do. But I also think when Trader was diverging from some of what you'd expect star or some of what the prequels would show with the force mm-hmm. and the Jedi, that I don't know that it's that surprising that it happens. And I, I, being on record as liking Jason's overall arc, like it's definitely something we'll have to talk about more, but that doesn't mean I agree with all the individual. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be a good guy for a bit. The he's so creepy in yeah. in Swarm War, like in the yeah. Darkness Crisis. The fact that there's bug orgies going on and Jason's demeanor comes across as creepy as it does is yeah. He's he becomes like the ultimate. That boy ain't right after this point. Like he, like he, yeah. that boy ain't ever really right. Because after this, he kind of does his own thing and disappears during the Swarm War. Uh, he goes on his little sojourn, and then he becomes a authoritarian. Yeah. Like, the throwing, having a kid into the mix and getting a Force vision, those have always freaked him out, and mm. now it's about his kid. Like, that's enough to... That that throws off some that'll calculations. Yeah, that'll fuck you up. But what do you think about the 10% of Coruscant being dead thing, as Campiv's bringing up in the chat? I did think that was... Well, I thought it was weird how how so is it implying that the Yuuzhan Vong are shipping people off planet on purpose? Yes. Right. I always thought it was weird how quickly Coruscant is completely cleaned out. Like, yeah. like they're down in like the lower levels. And like this is a time too where Coruscant has been depicted on screen. I mean, but it's always been like because Coruscant did like over the years, I think it's kind of been scaled up a bit. Like back in, you know, the Bantam era, they talk about Coruscant. It's a massive city of skyscrapers. It's the city planet, but you can still reach the bottom. Like there's one book I can't remember which one it is where Jason and Jaina do. They're at the bottom and they run into like I can't remember like a creature. But it kind of gets scaled up more and more. And like the Coruscant of the like you know Andor where they're five hundred and 
500 levels down and it's just a random maintenance shaft and there's another 10,000 levels below or not 10,000 but another 2,000 levels below I don't see how you wipe everybody out on that planet yeah um, it's it's more like they get kind of they smooth out the top build the jungle on yeah. that and then the undersides are left a bit more intact and that's where everyone's hiding out because no one cared mm-hmm. about them in the first place yeah but that also does make it like make somewhat more sense that it's not such a big mm-hmm. impact on the planet's ability to exist afterwards. Yeah. So it can go either way. Yeah. I will say it's fairly bold to take the, one of the major locations of the prequels, the Senate building and decide to destroy it. Like we'll destroy it with like bad interior decorating. But as we learn, it's, you can't actually destroy it. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's a pretty tough bastard. Uh, but the Jedi Temple is destroyed, or it's in really rough shape. Yeah, it's uh, it it has to go through Queller. It had or not Queller. I say, are you reading New, Rebe- New Rebellion now? I'm sorry, no. Waiting. I've had to read so many individual parts of it for videos over the last little while. Mm-hmm. Like some of it seems kind of based. I'm but... sure we'll read it soon. Yeah. But what's his fucking name? Lord Ny- Nyrax. Nyrax. Gygax. Nyax. That's the one. So it, it's not having a great week. Really? No, but it's not. I forgot. I forgot Nyax went there as well. Like, I guess the other thing with Jason is like, he's always his empathy has always been such a core part of his character. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he's been struggling with throughout the use on Vong War is like he just doesn't know what to do. Yep. Like, so th- this does encourage him to at least make a choice at some point. But yeah, because at the very beginning, he's he's same sort of thing. Philosopher doesn't want to fight. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It it makes him more willing to act, but it doesn't really change the core of like he thinks that both he doesn't know what to do, but he's the only one with any idea on what to do in any situation. It's just mm-hmm. ramping both of those elements up to 11, which is, it's not a healthy combination. What he no. needed was therapy. Yes. He didn't need <laughs> angry birds tormenting him for a month. And without that therapy, I, I worry for the lad. Yeah. I, I, I'm worried about what, you know, he, he definitely needs a better help subscription at the at the very least at the very least until they give us money don't yeah give them a call out or i mean i still uh, give them an audible call out like our sponsor no. <laughs> yeah no it's 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 uh that that bit of nuance is fine because it's it's it has been a while you know there's so many books and one, one thing that i'm i am sort of impressed about as well is you, you mentioned how empathy has been an important part of his character they actually do a good job in these novels of keeping the characters pretty consistent with their earlier depictions, which considering these were like often books made explicitly for children or kind of pulpy Bantam era, you know, novels, it's pretty cool that they managed to keep the continuity there. Yeah. You think we get every book, we get at least one young Jedi Knight reference. This book has several. Yeah. And I think star by even star by star does that really well. Yeah considering how much darkness trilogy kind of yeah doesn't do that with a lot of the characters yeah it just it ramps up simp zek but we'll get there yeah
yeah, so you want to give a ranking or a rating for Trader. Yeah, I think this is my favorite new new Jedi Order book. I don't I don't know if I can give it an S though. For for now, I'm gonna give it an A. I really liked it. I really liked I, I think the fact that it's does not jump around, there's no bad B plot is a really underrated aspect. I like the cutaways to like the very short cutaways to like something about the universe at large, or you know, they gets very poetic about hyperspace. All that is great. But I don't think it's quite an S for me, but it is an A. Yeah, I was more sure I would give it an S coming into it. Like, I feel like the amount that I've thought about it between the last time I read it and the amount and like now and how much it's probably going to remain a reference point for us in the future. I think I do have to give it an S. I don't know that I agree with everything it's doing, but I think it's really well structured. I think it's really well written. I think it handles the characters really well. It's just whether or not I agree with the, whether or not I understand and agree with the things that it's trying to say and whether they're slightly responsible for some of the bad parts that come Mm -hmm. with the rest of the timeline for the elements that do stick. But I, I think it is an S I think it deserves an S. Okay. So overall, a very highly rated uh, novel, and I'm I'm glad we read it. So what are we doing next week now? Well, first, I was going to do something unorthodox and oh, okay. read a couple emails. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the best Star Wars joke sent in by Clamburglar seven days ago, and we'll try to work some of these back in over the next little while, because it's been a while since we've been in the emails. It was full of ads that I had to, to clean out of the way. But, but yeah, so... This comes from Clam saying Palpatine was scrupulous in imposing humanocentric ideology on his new empire, only to realize his grand vizier was an alien, much to Palpatine's chagrin. Okay. It's like chagrin, but chagrin because. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Big blue fellow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We had a question from Joel as well, which it, it, I don't think it's something we're going to answer right now because I think it'll deal more, but oh, I'll just read it first. Curious to get your thoughts on the idea that after the New Jedi Order series was finished, a lot of the impact of the series was essentially ignored, save for perhaps a few character things. But things like Coruscant being completely wrecked and the impact of the volume of the galaxy as a whole seem to get washed away. Many people speculate this was the editors at Del Rey and Lucasfilm having cold feet on the era due to New Jedi Order's mixed reception. Love to hear your thoughts, podcast rate as ever. So I think that's going to be more of a thing we talk about getting into Darkness and leaving Unifying Force. But I mean... I'll just say I would agree with most of that. And we have talked about that in the past. Yeah. Where the Yuzhan Vong, like they literally pull up and then they went off to another, they don't leave the galaxy, but they go and do yeah. their own thing. And, yeah. Well, when the, when the series finishes itself with a load them all up on a planet and ship out, then it's limiting itself a little bit, but then there's like very explicitly, we're going to be fighting Yuzhan Vong holdouts for years. We're going to be dealing with Coruscant's, issues for years we're not going to be able to be back here definitely not going to see the major core of the government be here for a while then you open chapter one of the next book and it's like okay meanwhile in the jedi temple on coruscant the chief of state had the chiss ambassadors coming to meet the jedi Council. like okay well we're we're all back exactly where we were yeah. so whether that's a reception thing or something else i don't know just the 
the need to always go back to something familiar so new readers can come in is kind of the perennial problem with it. It's kind of the reality of writing for a, a movie tie-in series at the end of the day. Yep. Like it's hard to sell a, especially like when legacy of the force is coming out and you know, this, the, uh, the prequels are still coming out. It's like, okay, but we've got the legends version or the book version of Darth Vader. What what the fuck is a Yuzhan Vong? <laughs> oh, I've got to read 19 books. No, I'm probably okay. Yeah. So, you know, just the reality of liking the things we like. But our final email, final question for the day comes from Adam, who asked, with season two of Tales confirmed, what's something you would like to see in it? So just uh, maybe quickly pick an era you'd most like to see in, or a Jedi, a specific Jedi character that you want to get the Yaddle treatment. The Yaddle treatment. For one, I would like it not to be prequel era again. I don't know if that's too much to ask. It is. I'm telling you right now, it is. So it's got to be a prequel era Jedi? Probably, because like it's not going to be exploring one of the members of Luke's New Order right now. Unless they yeah. want to introduce a lot more with that. Or like even Rey's. It's probably going to be at least one more season of, of prequels or outside chance of High Republic. This is why I'm not that excited for it. Like I can't think of a Jedi I, I want to, I need to watch a full... Opo Rancisis. Mm. I guess get that snake up in you. That's my answer. Yeah, maybe like I don't even know. Maybe like make up a fucking Wookiee Jedi. Be cool. I I, man, I would love another. I'd love another three Ahsoka episodes. Justin, your your face doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be saying that you would actually like the thing you just said. No, I wouldn't like that. (laughs) I want a full season of Ahsoka, but I don't want more Tales of the Jedi Ahsoka. I just I wanted I was I hoping like for I know an enough about the I know enough about her teenage years. Yeah, I I just want an anthology of stuff we wouldn't otherwise get to see. You know what I'd like would a solo Anakin episode or an Anakin Qui-Gon or an Anakin Obi Wan another genocide. What if we find out Anakin did a second genocidal act when? Man, I might be a bit much. Qui Gon. I'd like to see a Qui Gon episode. Yeah, go to go to that end of the Dooku spectrum. Yeah. I think seeing more Qui-Gon would always be welcome. I would be 13-year-old Qui-Gon, but still voiced by Liam Neeson. I I wouldn't mind uh, like a Kitty Mundi episode or a Kit Fisto episode, like some of the big dogs. What if we explore... So this is... You're going to love this. What if we take one of the council members and explore their relationship with a young Padawan? Say if you were to take like, I don't know, Plo Koon, and you were to look at his relationship with like, oh, what if I mean. we get some, some time with him and Ahsoka? <laughs> yeah, actually, that now be... that I say that, I think it actually is what they're doing. That sounds extremely likely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to put money on that actually. Oh, uh, fuck. All right. Well, what do you want to do next week? I don't know. What are you thinking? Are we going to go for with our essential legends collection plan and see how long like night errant is or something? Or do we want to try to jump into Destiny's way? No, I need a I need a week off from books. Okay. So, yeah. 
Is there a young reader series or a comic book series we should start now that we're done with Jedi Prince as those kind of interstitial episodes? Mm. Because I do have all of my old Republic stuff still out as well. If we were to do that, let's let's think on it. You guys can supply emails and maybe we'll tweet. Let's let's decide by by. I'll put the episode out on Monday. I did it for the last one, but the next one on Monday as well. And you guys can send us emails maybe we'll have a decision by tuesday we'll tweet it out all right so any comic book young reader series i think we're going to keep it to that you know what? Uh, no i changed my mind let's do the boba fett books the boba fett books the young readers yeah all right we'll be doing that if you're cool with- uh, yeah that's fine with me so that'll be what we do next week and then two weeks from now destiny's way mm-hmm. there it is all right thanks for watching everyone we're going to be live on x2 and dad's about to play on youtube actually i can press a button to not do that so i can talk a bit slower but we're going to be on x2 doing something youtube.com slash e-c-k-s-t-o-o hope to see some of you there otherwise talk to you next week do you want to do you want to say anything to, to everyone no nah, i don't like these